Hi, and welcome to Steel Wheel Stories. With your host, Chris Jowett and Jake Somerville, where we talk about stories of collecting, restoring, and showing antique tractors and steam engines built before 1930. Join us while we and guests share stories about the hunt, tales of restoring, and memories of enjoying. Steel Wheel Stories is proudly sponsored by Engineers and Engines Magazine. A printed, full-color, bi-monthly magazine for all the steam, gas, tractor, railroad, locomotive, and farm machinery enthusiasts. Call or email Brenda Stamp for your subscription today. Email address brenda at engineersandengines.com or phone number 410-673-2414. Mention Steel Wheel Stories when purchasing and get your first magazine free. Good morning, Jake. How is uh, how is the Michigan treating you this morning? And here we are at season two officially for Steel Wheel Stories. Season two, baby, back at it again. I mean, we had that. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it was more than a half of a year, I guess, of season one. How many ever months it was? But I guess this will be our first yeah. full year, hopefully. Yeah, Madison actually asked me that the other day. She, you know, I told her, oh, that was the last, uh, last episode there for the season. And well, we got talking about like when we started and everything and uh-huh. had a little reflect, ref, reflection back to when you and I first started talking about it when we were in Mexico last year. Yeah. Uh, man, that seems like forever ago, but heck, it was yeah. only like nine months ago, yeah, 10 was, months ago. Well, it was the end of February or something, and that'll be here before, I mean, before we know it, you know, I mean, we're almost halfway through the new year of January or the new month of January here, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's been. Uh, and I don't remember. Was, first season was good. I was. Uh, yeah, it was. A, I think. I, I think I probably ex- exceeded both of our expectations. It was a learning experience, and it was a lot of fun, and and it continues to be a lot of fun. It. Uh, I guess my only comment was it seemed like we kept trying to pop out two episodes a month there for uh, a long time, and then we got busy summer, and even we keep saying, or I keep saying, anyways, I'm like, well, we'll keep popping them out a little quicker now that it's into winter time, but. We've uh, been pretty steady just one episode a month here for the past several months, and, and I think I'm pretty okay with that. It seems to be a little less hectic around home of trying to squeeze in two episodes and yeah. editing and everything in, in a month versus just the one, you know, and all that stuff. So, Well, it seem, seems like, too, we kind of underestimated how busy we are in our everyday lives and oh, thinking yeah. we could slide this in, which, you know, it's not it's not all that much work, but it does take some dedication and well, I got to go down. I, for me, I got to go downstairs and I got to kind of uh, put myself in solitary confinement away from yeah. Madison and Cam and the dog. And, sure. you know, you got to got to organize that and, and everything. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll I think that kinda every three weeks, every four weeks type of thing, if we can keep that up, I think, yeah, I uh, think it's probably, probably manageable. You know, we we get a little bit of free time and both of us want to go work on some projects or something, you know, so you're balancing that. And and here we are joining everybody on an early Saturday morning again. We did that on our last episode and that seemed to work pretty good for us. So uh, maybe co- coffee instead of beer this episode once again, you know. You know, and I'm not going to complain about that. I think I might like coffee better than beer some days. Some some days or some hours of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you uh, been continuing work in the shop there at your dad's, working on your thirty. Yeah, the about the latest advancement is uh, get going on the on the governor, which uh, putting a two and a half inch 
uh, Pickering, Ball Ranger style Pickering governor on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've got quite a few governors around this place and, um, there's, there's a couple of two and a half inches that are kind of ready to go. And well, here two, I guess maybe two summers ago, I, I picked up a, uh, I think there was four governors total from a guy out in Washington state and got coordinated with, uh, <clears throat> a guy to, to bring them back to, uh, ended up being at Rolog and met him, met him there and picked him up there and, and brought him back. And they're pretty rough. They've been kind of sitting in a barn for, I don't know, 60 or 80 years, mm-hmm. kind of half laying in the dirt there or whatever. And, well, the one, they're both two and a half inch ball ranger style pickerings. And, um, you know, one's, one's got a, a broken Sawyer lever and one's got a, a broken, um, uh, the, the pulley arm was, is broke off of that. And the, the one tensioner spring is kind of oversprung. And so I've been, uh, I took those all apart, finally got them all freed up, took all the little taper pins out and got stuff freed up, uh, taking the best of the best out of both of those sets and, uh, going to put a, put a governor together out of it and, uh, got, got all that stuff cleaned up and, um, you know, the, the tops actually, I'm not going to have to put leaf springs in the, in the top of the pickering, which is kind of, kind of odd. We normally always end up putting leaf springs in, but kind of the man, month, these ones just seem, a lot of times. yeah, just it normally seems like you end up doing that. And, uh, man, these ones are just really solid and there's a lot of spring in them yet. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to run them like this anyways and see how it acts. Uh, I can well, always go a, back and do that later. Yeah, on. I mean, it's a pretty easy thing to go back and do if, uh, if it's something you need to go back and do, it's not like a whole teardown type situation. Yep. So anyways, I got, uh, <clears throat> I got all the good parts, uh, all cleaned up and primed. They're ready for paint. Hopefully this weekend I get a half a second, uh, mix up some Imran paint and get them squirted and polish up the brasses there on the, on the tops and, uh, should be ready, ready to roll, ready nice. for a sawmill sawmill near you <laughs> don't threaten me like that we'll get that thing trucked over this way <laughs> well the other the last thing i have to do to it is it's a it's a flange based governor and uh-huh. uh for the for those of you who aren't familiar with pickerings uh even though it's a flange base they actually threaded the bottom mm-hmm. uh the bottom of that base so you could actually use it as a screw base well advanced they had screw base governors and uh I'm going to take that flange or take the base and get it chucked up in a, uh, a dividing head. And I'm going to machine a hex on the bottom of that governor and mm-hmm. uh, use the threads as uh, the threaded um, outlet into the, into the steam chest there and make it a screw base governor versus the, uh, versus the flange. That's the last thing I got to do to it. You're not, you're not just going to leave the flange and screw it on there. You see that from time to time. That's the you old, do see that? That's the old spanner base right there. You use spanner wrench on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I didn't, I don't have a spanner that big though. And I wasn't going to bring out the old eight foot pipe wrench to get around that yeah. eight inch base there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a, get a hex machine there on it and, uh, away we'll go. Yeah. 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 What did, uh, I mean, I don't want to go on this tangent, but, um, you know, out of the, I guess, kind of the two-ish engines that were you used out of that, even though there's a little more than that to it, but did any of that stuff have governors on it? The, uh, the one that I got out of Washington state that I pulled out of the, out of the woods there that you found on, on Facebook, that one, uh, that one had a base on it. 
uh, and it was a two and a half inch water space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I. I was not going to go down the track and putting that one back together. So, <laughs> oh, uh, that one, that base is, uh, upstairs. It's currently being used to, to hold down some other stuff. Um, if, if anybody needs it, uh, we might be able to make a deal there. <laughs> I was just curious more than anything. It, it seems like, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's, well, I'd say it's, it's not a 50, 50 thing when it comes to advanced engines, whether they had pickerings or waters, even though there was other options on earlier stuff and whatever else, but it almost seems like, uh, I, I don't know, in my opinion, I was going to say 60, 70% of the time they had waters and the other percent of the time they had pickerings or something or other, you know? Yeah. And actually sometimes you see some black and white pictures as well. I just seen a, a brand new black and white picture last night that I had never seen. And, uh, advanced had a Judson on it. Oh and yeah. Uh, you see that from time to time, not yeah. real often, but, uh, from time to time you do. Um, the, the one that I got out of, uh, Minnesota, that one, I've got a picture of it in 1953 or six or mm-hmm. uh, mid, mid fifties anyways. And, uh, they had a, a ball ranger style pickering on it, mm-hmm. um, at, at that time, which I'm guessing that was a Surely replacement. That was change. Yeah. Cause that thing would have been a little earlier for a ball ranger, wouldn't it? Yeah, that was a that's an 04 engine, so yeah. I'm guessing that that one would have had a a, a waters on it. Yeah, someone must have changed changed that at some point in its life. Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah. Got to get the old ball ranger. The old ball ranger. Make sure it's all the way open, fellas. Make sure it's all the way open. We're not going to go on a tangent of governors, even though we already just <laughs> did, but. <laughs> Speaking of governors, Matt likes his governors. He likes that bar ranger wide open when he's thumping on that baker. <laughs> there he's like, well, we'll just we'll just go there ahead and bring is. you in, Matt. <laughs> we have with us uh, Matt Goodman. Uh, Matt, will you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us uh, where you're from, and we'll go from there. Sure thing. Thanks for having me on this morning, guys. Uh, so Matt Goodman from. Newport, Michigan, and uh, oh, I've been into this stuff for oh, probably the last 25 years or so. Um, been going to National Threshers since uh, it was about five years old. My dad would drag me along with him. I think him and my grandfather were going there probably in the 70s, and uh, just really got into that steam stuff. Um, just like you guys. Bit, bit you right off the bat, like most of us. Oh, yeah. Well, we'd go to, the, go to the shows, and, hell, you'd be a mile and a half from the show. you see the plume of smoke going up in the air, and that's when you really got excited. Sure. Oh, yeah, the excitement builds the closer you get to the showgrounds. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I remember that part growing up, going to shows with my dad. He, oh, yeah. If. 15 20 miles away he, start he'd looking be, he'd be yeah he'd be messing with me oh you see the smoke over there <laughs> <laughs> getting getting y'all excited and everything and i i remember that that was uh those were good times i'm gonna have to do that with cam here once he uh he starts to recognize what it is we're actually doing yeah when i was a kid um especially when i was really younger we really just kind of attended one show a year it seemed like the boonville missouri show we would always take a model down there and it was kind of funny we had this old flatbed mercedes truck that we hauled the thing on and 
uh, dad would always start a fire. It was about, oh, an hour, hour and a half from the house, you know, and dad would always start a fire in that model as we were going down the road, you know, and so when we got there, we had some steam to get the thing off, you know, and people driving by looking and whatever else, and I was always looking in the back window at the thing as we were going down the road, you know, and all that stuff, but just good childhood memories there. <laughs> yep things that we got to continue on that's right well the uh, unfortunately well not unfortunately i'm glad we sold it but we got rid of the old mercedes truck so there's no more mercedes truck <laughs> stuff back for memories for my kids but uh the the older uh three kids i guess they they did get to see the truck before we sold it but it was in dire need of yeah. some repairs <laughs> but uh. so uh matt uh when did uh steam kind of when were you when did you when did your family first purchase some team or when did you first get into steam or in the family there well my dad was always into trains and uh he built a live steam locomotive before i was ever around he finished it a couple of years before i was ever born mm-hmm. i always had a machine shop in the basement and uh so we would always go these little train runs where people would have tracks set up either at their house or oh, yeah. a couple public parks where we'd take the trains and run. And aside from that, we'd go to, you know, shows like National Threshers. We'd go to Buckley, Domino's Farms, uh, Tri-State Gas Engine Show, and get to see steam there. And of course, as a kid, I was always, well, this is going to be fun in the afternoon, but the, born, the, the morning's really going to suck. Because my dad would always want to do the flea market first. Yeah. So, of course. As a kid, you get dragged through the entire market and you'd get kind of near the infield and get to see the steam engines and stuff. And then he'd drag you away again because, well, we got another 18 friggin' aisles to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to catch that early stuff in the morning so it doesn't get away, though, you know. Yeah, well, of course, I understand that. Now I appreciate the food. <laughs> As a kid, you know, you might have three or four dollars in your pocket. What the hell are you going to buy? But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we had the live steam trains, and then uh, we'd, we'd go visit the steam shows. That was an annual thing. And uh, then I got to know uh, Rollin Broadbeck's two uh, stepkids, Daniel and Jonathan. And uh, I would see them at the Monroe County Fair. They'd be running the, uh, the little steam train there at the fair. Um, and then got to know them at National Threshers. And <clears throat> my first real experience on a steam tractor was I got to run around with them on the big 32 Reeves there. I think I was 12 or 13 years old. And Rollin put <clears throat> me up in the engineer's seat there, and I got to steer the thing up the hill. And after that, I was hooked. Yeah, that would be yeah. quite the up the big hill. That there, would do it. Yeah, that that would be quite the deal. Yeah, that, that would definitely hook. That, that'd hook anybody there. It was typically, you know, the biggest engine on the grounds too. So sure, that, you know, for a twelve, thirteen year old kid, that was a pretty prestigious thing. Oh yeah. Does that thing have power steering on it, or just a steering wheel? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's got steering. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I, <laughs> yeah, I I fiddled around with that probably when I was fourteen or fifteen, and. Had that suicide knob swing around and hit me now. <laughs> that's what, oh, I, was yeah, just, that's that's what I was just man. gonna say. I was like, I've been only, whacked, I've been whacked by one of them before. Only did it once. Yeah, and never. Yeah, good. But, uh, 
good friend of ours down here at Hamilton, Missouri, he's got a, a 20 horse Reeves with power steering on it and a full <laughs> canopy. And oh, years ago now at the Hamilton, Missouri show, we were road grading with the thing. And man, that power steering is just perfect when you're doing something like that, just running around, you know. And uh, yeah, it uh, it bit more than once of us, one of us that weekend, you know. <laughs> Not a great feeling. That's really so, an interesting design to be able to take the friction, you know, off of the, the flywheel and spin that disc one way versus the other way. Sure. I don't know if anybody yeah. else did that except for Reeves, really. Man, I, I can think, think of. of I mean, like the the I've even seen some Reeves tractor gas tractors that kind of have the same principle, you know. I guess an Allman Taylor yeah. it it frictions off the pulley for steering and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Gas tractor. Gas yeah. tractor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, that's a it's a complete pain when you go to build something up, you know. I don't know if all of them like Kendall, he always had to take the little set screws out to take that off to get a belt around there when we were running that thing. I don't know if they're all like that or if that was just his or what. Yeah, I don't know. That flywheel in behind the wheel to get the belt in there in the yeah, first place. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. That's a deal deal itself there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I think we had some we had, a, we had a pop pin out and then it would pull down out of the way. Yeah, yeah, I remember something. Then about, oh, 13 or 14 years old, um, my dad said, well, we're going to go out to a buddy of mine's that I work with, and he's got a steam tractor. I said, all right. So we get out there. I'll come to find out that was uh, Leo Bard and his mm -hmm. uh, 20 liter. Um, I didn't know this. My dad had worked with Leo at Ford for at least 15 years in the same building. They knew each other for a long time. Really? And so then every year going out to National Threshers, I'd be running around on that leader. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a neat engine. I don't... How many of them things exist? <sighs> not very many. Two know of. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing that the many. first time I was at Wasion, and I was like, well, that's neat. I've never seen one of those, you know. What was, is that a Marion, Ohio? Is that where that one yes. built? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who got that. There was a little leader that come up on that auction here, I don't know, three or four months ago. I wonder where that ended up. That was a cute little engine. Well, they're pretty neat. Little, Kind of a little stubby engine, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they... Uh, they uh, uh, definitely a different looking, looking bird. They stand out in a crowd, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> For me, when I first seen it, I was like, well, is that like an older baker or something? Or what is that thing? Until I got up close to it, you know, because it kind of almost has that stance just a little bit, you know. Cross between yeah. that and a Russell or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we go a little further down the road, and I think I was about 15 years old. I, you know, really got into the steam stuff <laughs> hardcore. Decided to go try to get a job over at Greenfield Village as a welcome fireman, and, well, got hired in there at, 16 years old and spent the next 21 years working there professionally 21 years <laughs> yeah. a long time that is a long time how, how, how many how many how many times do you reckon that you went around that circle there at greenfield village on a locomotive i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> about three three times around the earth or something well you know making 10 11 trips a day a lot of oh, tight man. little circles, but coast to coast on a locomotive, right there, <laughs> and then some, probably. 
Yeah, that was a, you know, when we got the tour there, uh, what was that, two years ago, I guess now? For, yeah, something right? like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was neat. That My dad was asking me uh, earlier this week who was going to be on the podcast, and I told him about you, and I uh, I was like, man, he, he worked there at Greenfield Village and uh, showed us around the locomotive roundhouse there and all that stuff, and man, that was just the, the neatest thing in the world, if you ask me. I really enjoyed that, and I appreciate that greatly. And uh, it kind of touched home for a little bit for me because my grandpa worked at Greenfield Village when he was a kid, probably like 15, 16 years old. And uh, so I'd always heard of this place, never knew what it was because I had never been there and all that stuff. And it was just neat to be there all together. But, and then the machine shop tour you gave us on top of that there, that was, that was cool. Oh, yeah. No, definitely a neat place. You know, that was a lot of fun working there. A lot of good memories. Um, I spent my first three years as a locomotive fireman and then worked my way up to a machinist and a mechanic. Mm-hmm. What all kind of work did you guys do on the locomotives there? Like, did you guys do everything, or did certain stuff get outsourced, or how did that work? We did pretty much everything. The only thing we didn't do is um, we would have a professional pattern maker make our patterns, uh-huh. and then castings done over at Northfield Foundry. But then everything else we'd bring back and machine on site. Sure, yeah. I would say about 95% of our own work. The only other stuff we didn't do, um, we by building on but sure. as you know flanging boiler sheets we did that um making state we made stable made our own stables credit stables ran mm-hmm. them you know just the welding was the only thing that we uh we didn't do there sure sure i was showing how my, many oh, go ahead, how go many ahead. locomotive how many locomotives were there that you guys were having to do all this work on uh three three operational steam locomotives and then, of course, the Port Huron steam tractor, and in the early years, the uh, steamboat. Oh, there's a steamboat there. Yeah, we had yeah, a, a stern wheel, paddle wheel boat. Huh. And I don't remember, We were. I was showing my dad pictures, and I remember there was a, a steam crane out there on rail and all that stuff. You guys ran it too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was asking me about that, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he said they ran it, but you guys ran it off of the uh, line off of a locomotive or something, or did it did it have a boiler that ran? I can't remember what you were saying. No, it didn't have its own boiler. We had a, a separate steam line. We, we, we pulled a steam engine in behind it and had a, uh, a steam line that we'd put up on the running board connected to the steam dome, and then there was a flexible hose that went between the crane and the uh, locomotive. Yeah. That's neat. And that reminds me of that, um, well, I don't know which, exactly what you the coal chute or elevator thing that you guys had there. Mm-hmm. That thing was impressive. Uh, yep. A uh, Fairbanks Morris 50-ton coaling tower. That was the only uh, operational wood coaling tower in the United States right now. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really Complete, neat. Completely built on site. So you guys were you guys were firing a locomotive every day of the week? Is that what it was, or was it not every day? Seven days, April through uh, the first week of November, typically. And uh, some days it was two locomotives, have two trains running, you know, on the busy days and busy evenings. So that was one of the claim to fames. We ran team every day. Um, we had a diesel locomotive there for a backup, but um, steam was what we tried to have every single day. Man, that's a lot of firing. That is a lot of firing, oh. man. 
And coal firing yeah. on top of that. Yeah, and coal on top of that. Before the pandemic, um, we were burning probably about 220 to 240 ton of coal. That's nice. Man, that's a lot. Yeah. That's, that is a lot. All hand shoveled, by the way. That's a yep. lot. <laughs> we, I mean, the engines are smaller, so we're burning, you know, anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 pounds of coal a day. Mm-hmm. Not quite a ton. Yeah. Um, use quite a bit. Of, we'd bank the engines at night, so you'd use, I don't know, 20, 25 scoops of coal to bank the engine. But Sure. But, yeah, they would, uh, we'd keep the engines hot for 31 days straight, come down for a boiler wash. Jeez. Man, that's nuts. That is nuts. You guys put them in that uh, roundhouse building every night then? Uh, only in the colder um, months. Uh-huh. Gonna be, you know, using. We'd keep it inside, but the engines would go inside for their inspection every evening, and then we'd bring it back out onto the wash track, and they stay outside overnight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I mean, I don't want to talk about it a bunch more, but man, that building was impressive. That was like <laughs> that was super cool to me. I was showing dad, dad pictures of it. He's like, "Well, how did they stay warm during the winter?" And I was like, "Well, I suspected, you know, there's got to be heater in there. But you pull that big locomotive in there, you know, and all that stuff, and like that's." heating the building up quite a bit in itself right there you know and um, typically they had a, a shop boiler too back in the day and they'd have radiant heat um, sure. with a shop boiler. that that building is actually unique because the entire floor is heated uh-huh uh, oh. when they built they put radiant in-floor heating mm-hmm. and the whole thing great in the winter time you'd be laying on the floor working on a locomotive yeah you know you're not thirsty, but if you're standing up get pretty brisk yeah 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 that's uh and that was when was that building built uh 2000 2000 man you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. guess that i mean it just looks like it's straight from the day you know all brick building like that and iron beams and everything else so parts of that building came from the marshall michigan roundhouse um that were that had basically uh, blown over it was basically a big wreck of a building by the time Henry Ford got hold of it. Mm. And uh, so some of the parts, some of the window sills, some of the door frames were used from the original roundhouse, but uh, most of that was a recreation and a representation. Sure. And it sure does look cool. Definitely looks the part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Hmm. So, yeah. What was, uh, what was one of the neatest things you had ever done there, or one of the uh, hardest accomplishments you guys ever did working on them locomotives? I would say that 1897 Baldwin was the last one stored, and that one we had firebox sheets. that We had the whole tube sheet to flange, um, as well as uh, side sheets and a partial door sheet. And that one was a ground up. That thing went it went down to just a frame. The boiler was off, wheels were out of it. It was just a bare frame. Uh-huh. Uh, there's not really much on that thing that didn't get touched. Yeah. Um, but flanging the tube sheet for the inside of the firebox, that was probably one of the neatest things we did. Uh, we had a McCabe flanger that would uh, flange up to a three-quarter inch sheet mm-hmm. all the back mm-hmm. in the engine were inch thick but it was a pneumatic powered flanging machine and uh, 
make that sheet, and we made a dye, bolted it down to the dye, and then we heat and beat it to massage it um, to its finished shape. Sure. So we had huge um, oak mallets, you know, heat the thing up red hot, and there's just two of us just wailing on the thing to massage the sheets into place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably one of the things I had ever done there was flame that sheet. I assume most people that work there were pretty dedicated to the hobby at the same time of being able to be their job. You know, it seems like uh, you almost have to have that for that kind of work. It's just like you don't get somebody off the streets that wants to sit there and heat and beat on sheets all day long. Right. Yeah, most of the people were really, um, really into, if not steam, you know, history uh-huh. and sure. and the old history and stuff. Sure. So, granted, there was a few people that were just there, job to them, and but there were a bunch of us that would we were really into the into steam and the old machinery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you really you didn't do it for the money. I'll tell you that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's neat. But, you know, flanging a sheet on a on a ninety-eight degree August day inside the shop, and the sheet's red hot. That. Uh, it could be kind of miserable, too. You never do that stuff in the <laughs> wintertime. That's what we always tell ourselves. It seems like like this July or August, we were riveting like three boilers together at the same time. And it's like, why why do we never plan this out for like the middle of wintertime? Like right now when it's zero outside instead of 100 right now, you know, it just never seems to work out like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't plan everything. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, pretty. It was a pretty cool, p- cool place to work, and uh, made a lot of really good memories there. Yeah, the uh, the scale uh, live steam locomotive stuff. That's still something you're pretty active in too, isn't it? Yeah, actually, getting uh, getting more and more into that anymore. Um, getting ready to lay track over to my dad's place. He's got about ten acres, and we're going to put. Uh, Probably close to a mile and a half of track on the ground for the, the live steam trains. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. cool. That is cool. I remember the, I don't know if it was the first time that you had your stuff over at Jonas's there, but both Jake and, and Dylan, they were both, you know, I've heard comments out of both of them. is like, man, Jonas's was fun, but man, that, that steam locomotive that Matt had, like, that was a ball. Like, that was a lot of fun, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah. I've never really been. I have a little bit. We did uh, some work for some guys uh, with an Ottawa locomotive, and they kind of have a park out towards Topeka that we had went to, which was about an hour from home or whatever, and we took the kids out there and rode around and all that kind of stuff. And when I got home from there, I was like, yeah, I think that's the next thing I need, but I just I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> too many wants, yeah. too many needs. Yeah. Was, Man, I, that, I, that was that was fun. There's uh, some tracks we go to, they've got eight, nine miles of track on the ground mm-hmm. and gone for an hour and a half, two hours. And sometimes it can be challenging too, you know, oh, two I or three And you're keeping a coal-fired steam locomotive going, I mean, for a couple hours just so you can get back. Jeez. Um, I could fun. never imagine that long. I figured it was always just pretty short trips, but man, be gone for a couple hours like that? Yeah. And that was my other question I was getting ready to ask. And I know some people, you know, have different methods of firing or whatever, but you're you're firing with coal on yours then. Yep. Jeez. That's neat. Yeah. 
and just like a model steam engine, it's it's model and it's not like it, it's not like firing a big steam engine. Yeah, I'll yeah. just put it that way. Not it's near different. as forgiving. Yeah, yeah. You got to be on it. If you get behind, like you're behind, buddy. You're yeah. like really behind. Things change really quick. Yeah, and yeah. You run it out of steam and water. Well, you're gonna end up pushing the thing back. Yep. <laughs> How many and times what was the had to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I've never had to do that. Oh, that's, that's, my, I've seen plenty of other people get towed in, but they'll walk a shame. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool, though. Like when Dylan and I were there at Jonas's, like the these locomotives. He's got Jonas got tracks set up there, and well, guys just bring them in the back of their truck, and they kind of pick them up and set them down on the track and away they go. You know, it's uh, kind of, it's, it's a different, different little aspect of the steam hobby, but man, it was, that was, it was like the coolest little moment. I'd never been around them either. And uh, you get on there and the power that those little things have is, is pretty incredible. I mean, you sit up behind the thing and you pull the little uh, throttle lever and the thing starts moving and you're like, wow, this has actually got some power. Give it a little bit more and, Man, it it's actually got some speed behind it too. Yeah, but, it's uh, only got a little two and a half inch bore on the cylinders, but you can load the train up with twenty people and go like hell. Hmm. Like that's not an understatement. Like just go like hell. Like it'll just it'll go. But you know, you're you're sitting there on the tender behind the engine and this thing is pulling twenty people and all these cars and everything up these little tiny grades or whatever and Okay, it's a steam engine. It's going to throw cinders, man. It throws cinders, and you got to. I mean, it legit throws cinders, and it'll burn the hell out of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And man, you think that we get dirty while we're running the big steam engines? These guys are filthy oh, at I the can... end of the day after running them little things. One that stack is chest height or whatever it is. I guess you're probably just catching everything that comes out. Yeah. Yep. And what's the? It seems like I remember that the, there was like a uh, a water pump or something that was like wheel driven or ran off the, the oh, so or something on her. Pump on it, so the whole time you're running, it's constantly pumping water. There's a little bypass valve that will send water back to the tender, but when you close the bypass, then it's just sending it right into the boiler. So it's got an injector on it, but. Uh, the little axle pump seem to keep up pretty good, so all you have to worry yeah. about is keeping your good. Yeah, kind of kind of takes a lot of the guesswork out of trying to keep water in the thing. Just sure. turn that on and and let it go, and keep your eye on. You could always put water in with that little tiny injector, and I was really surprised at how well that little injector worked too. Oh yeah, yep. They've, I mean, just uh, they've... Ba- banged right off and just put water in and shut right off. It's just a uh, just like a big one, but you know, you wouldn't, some things, some, some things don't scale down all that well, you know, and for whatever reason, that thing just takes right off. Yep. Yeah. A lot of engineering went into them and perfection went into those uh, little injectors there. And there's a hell of a making, lot of, who was making those? What brand is that? Or is that a aftermarket? Somebody's made those in like the that, last 20 or 30 years. That one is Similar, to, there's a company out there called Superscale that makes uh, little injectors for those. And that one, I want to say, was made by a company called Olin Camp that's no longer in business. I see. But 
there's uh, two or three people out there right now that are making those little injectors. And they're yeah, making them, you know, a hundred of them at a time. Sure. Just really, really cool stuff. And so on, on top of the, the locomotives, like you're actually into building the cars and everything too, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we... Uh, like the, the, the truck, the trucks and the, the wheels and, and everything, the, getting stuff cast and machining them. Like yeah, so we, uh, Dad and I, we have the, uh, the patterns for the, uh, the castings to make the truck, side frames, bolsters, and wheels. So we do all the machining on, you know, we get them cast over to Northfield and then uh, do all the machining on those. And then the, uh, like the steel for the train cars, we get those bent up and then <laughs> sit there and drill, you know, 12, 1300 holes. And all those train cars are all riveted <laughs> together. With yeah. Three thirty rivets. So they look really, they look really nice too. I mean, stand back and, and take a picture and then, Put put the picture somewhere, and you just wouldn't even know that it's a scale model sure. car. You know, it's a lot of yeah. a lot of detail goes into them. What gauge of stuff are you mainly? I assume that you probably all just have the one size. What gauge do you run? It's all seven and a half inch gauge, one eighth scale. Okay. So uh, inch and a half, inch and a half to the foot. Gotcha. So, and then all the cars that we build, they're all built off. The, we've got pictures of the prototypes, the full size. So. Sure. That's what we're modeling. In the world of that stuff, is that the most common size? Or like when you go to these different places, I assume that's got to be a pretty common size, and that's why a lot of people choose that size. Or, or is there places have several different size tracks? Or Yep. Yep, that's the most common size here in the U.S. Where over in U.K., it's still one-inch scale, but it, or inch-and-a-half scale, but it's uh, seven-and-a-quarter-inch gauge. I see. So the gauge changes slightly. Mm. Up at um, oh, Camp Creek Thrashers in, uh, I believe that's Waverly, Nebraska, I believe. Yep. Anyways, yep. they have a, uh, we were up there, oh man, it's been several years ago now, but they had a really nice model train set up and uh, uh, not a ton of miles of tracks, but a huge following of people. You know, I mean, I bet there was six, eight, ten little locomotives there at the at the show and all that stuff. We went to the show to go visit Dennis Johnson and see his engines and all that stuff, and that was kind of a bonus, being able to see all that stuff there. Didn't even know that stuff was there or anything else, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it's pretty popular, and it's getting more and more popular as yeah. we go on. When I was a kid growing up, and it's, it's still sitting on the shelf in the shop, there's a little scale locomotive that a friend of my dad's has in St. Clair that's, uh, he had the, all the patterns for all the half-scale reeve stuff. He had a little locomotive that he had started building that my dad ended up with after he passed, and I, I don't know if it's like a three-inch gauge or something or other, it's pretty small. But it, uh, as a kid, I was like, oh, we should get that down. We should do this. We should do that, you know. And now that I've gotten older, I'm like, well, we should still get it out so more people could see it. But I think I need a little bit bigger one than that thing is, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those smaller scales, they, uh, they've they got some tracks that are actually elevated. And you sit on a little flat car behind the tender and you sit side saddle. Yeah. And you, you know, run around in a little loop. and But the uh, on the ground, right on scale that I have, that's probably the most popular in the country right now. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's that's neat stuff. 
So, uh, so on top of the yeah, on t- on top of the the model stuff, you you are into into the traction engine uh, part of the hobby as well, which is where where we got to know you from. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your twenty three Baker that you've got. Oh yeah, so the twenty three I got that at auction down in Sugar Creek, Ohio. That came uh, from Malin Troyer's estate. Let's see, I got that in twenty thirteen. And uh, we had that running a little bit in 2014, but basically had it finished in 2015. Um, no, love that engine. I don't. I always, ever since I w- started going to these shows, I always wanted a Baker. Um, you'd show up to the showgrounds, and if there were two or three of them belted in, it sounded like helicopters coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Vietnam. I, I, I love the sound. Something stupid. I loved the, the silver smoke box with the black ring around the back. You know, something as a kid, you didn't, you know, it was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Blue engine with the silver smoke box. And yeah. Yeah. Made this yeah. really awesome sound. Then uh, once I got to know a little more about Baker Valve Gear and the engineering that went into it, and uh, not to uh, not to blow my own whistle or anything, but the uh, superiority of the uh, baker. <laughs> and, uh, I, oh, I, they're, they're pretty great engines. I wish I would have run one before I owned one, but I never really had the opportunity. So my baker was the first one I'd ever run. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, no, that's, that's an awesome engine. It pretty much will do anything that I want it to do. Sure. They, and I'm not afraid plowing with it either. I know there's a lot of other baker guys that you say plow and then they run the other direction but... Well if you took like two looks at my baker you'd say yeah I probably wouldn't plow with that too. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it I was kind of in the same boat when I first got mine. I was like I, I never ran one before and I didn't really understand fully the valve gear stuff because I'd just never been around one. There's not a ton of them here in Missouri and I think I can think of one that is farther west than I am, and that's about it. And to get it and start working on it and understand how that valve gear works and and all that stuff, like once you once you get done understanding it, it's like, well, yeah, that like makes perfect sense. Like, why did they make anything mm-hmm. else? You know. Uh, but no, that's that's a ton of fun. I remember the first when I set the valve gear on it. And and then un- finally understanding at some point that you know that exhaust port is right there in the middle of that cylinder and that's why that piston is so wide and all that yep. stuff it was like well that's definitely a different way to look at things who whoever came up with that or whoever thought that that was a good idea you know like it makes perfect sense you know oh yeah and what uh, going I knew when I got it at auction I knew that the corner bracket. It had corner bracket issues. You know, all bakers have corner bracket sure. issues, but one side had a really, really nice braze repair on it. The other side was cracked. Mm-hmm. Got it home, pulled the wheel off, and then uh, heated it up and went to town, went went into putting about three pounds of nickel rod into it. And uh, first time I put cleats on it, we put it behind a transfer sled at National Threshers there, and we had the transfer sled just about pull us to a stop. They couldn't quite stop us, but after we were all done, took a look at everything and said, well, if it can do this, I'm sure it'll pull a plow. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So we, that was the Baker feature. And I think it was, uh, Van Gasper was going around asking. Was it, yeah. And might've been, no, I think actually that was John Schrock. Might've been John Schrock was going around asking and he asked me if I'd pull if I'd go out plowing, you know, for the feature. And I said, well, I, you know, I wouldn't mind going out plowing, but, um, you know, let other people have an opportunity if they want to. He says, so far, you're the only baker that said yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess we're going to go out and plow. Mm -hmm. So we've, uh, we've plowed probably four times with it now and not had a single issue. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, uh, <laughs> like my right-hand brackets got like three steel strap bolted on repairs, you know, and the left one's kind of been made out of some steel by the previous owners and, and probably not the best of looking safest, uh, or I shouldn't say safest, but not the best of looking job that makes me feel warm and fuzzy about going to pull on it, you know? So in uh, right. the last, uh, I don't know, I think we've owned that engine since 2019 or yeah, just before like that, yeah 2019 or something you know it's basically just been strictly belt work but i actually got a phone call the other day from a, a guy named joe kramer and uh he i guess had a uh old bracket that or a couple old brackets that they had turned into a pattern that he had cast a couple new ones for for his baker and somebody had called him uh wanting to know about getting some uh uh, brackets and he called me up wanting to know if I'd be interested in set and I was like heck yeah put me down for a set for sure and I might even take a set or two to put in stock here at the shop or something you know and uh, so that's kind of got me a little excited that you know maybe one day pull the ass into part and put a couple new brackets on it and be able to go pull plow with the thing and go from there because besides sure. that it's just a, a great running engine I really enjoy the thing and uh, all that kind of stuff oh yeah there's I love I love running a sawmill with mine. Mm -hmm. It's a belt engine between the sawmill and the power eater. I mean, it's nothing to go into a power eater for an hour and a half, two hours. Sure. I remember the first time I ran mine on dyno. Well, Jake was there and, uh, it was in like June of 2000 or, or 2020. Sorry. And, uh, I had just got done rebuilding all the valve gear. I'd ran it one time and it made so much noise. I was like, well, I can't, I can't run this thing again without doing something with it and <laughs> had never really touched the governor or anything. Didn't have time to, by the time we had our little get together at a place and, uh, we were, got our dyno there and Jake went to hammering on it. And that governor just, I still have never touched the governor cause it's just like perfect. And mm -hmm. running at that time on the dyno, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That's tough, uh, talking about your, you know, your, uh, your ball ranger and governor, my governor, unfortunately does not have a ball ranger, but right now the governor works so perfectly. I don't want to mess with it, but sure. it would eventually I'm going to talking to Jake because he seems to be the resident governor expert here in Michigan. And I'll uh, see if we can't add a ball ranger to it. I've got a couple of castings. It's kind of funny sure. you say that because I don't know why, but it seems like if you see a non ball ranging pickering which is earlier or whatever governor most of the time uh you see it on a baker you know uh i've seen one on a russell one time and it just doesn't seem like you see a ton of them on other stuff no. well it seems like baker had a like a uh an aftermarket 
type of adjustment that they would, you know, that on, on the old style pickering, there's a like a a hex a hex nutted acorn mm-hmm. up on top that kind of that kind of hides your screw adjustment. Mm-hmm. And seems like on a baker, they like threw that little acorn away and they put. I don't. Matt, does yours have the acorn up on top, or does it just have two little knobs up on top? The two knobs. Yeah. So that's. You don't see that typically anywhere else besides a baker is this little two knob screw adjustment thing, which that's kind of okay. Like you can actually adjust that. That's more like you can a adjust that on the fly, like a water. You can adjust. Yeah, you yeah. can adjust that on the fly. But like the the true old style pickering with that, you know, hex style acorn looking mm-hmm. casting that goes on the top. You have to stop the engine, take the acorn off. Do a little adjustment, put it all back together, and then run it and see if you got the speed right. You know, yeah. Um, but the yeah, I don't I don't know why Baker adopted this or or did it on their engines or how it ended up there. But that's what you see mostly on on Bakers is that not Ball Ranger style, but there's like two little knobs up on top of the uh, the tops there to adjust your speed. Right, and my Baker's a 22. It's a little later model, and it still just just has the two little knobs up on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I've learned anything with a lot of this old stuff, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. Um, if that if that governor and I know that go, I've been around your engine enough. It uh, it's that's right there when that when that log hits the blade, man. It's she's opening up. Uh, right, but. That's not to say we couldn't do that on your next engine. Right. Which, don't you, speaking of that, don't you, you've got another engine, don't you? I've got a 75 case portable, which was actually my first engine. I got that back in 05 and uh, restored that and had it running uh, probably about 2009, 2010. I think I showed it first in 2010. And, uh, that that was that engine. That was a uh, <laughs> basically it could have been yard art, but uh, it had a good. <laughs> that they, that was the only thing. That was the only reason I bought it is when I started looking at the boiler, did the UT on it, looked in the back hand, you know, in the back head and the handhold plate there. You looked at the stay bolts and you could see full threads on all the stay bolts. Yep. They must have had some good water and everything. Where did because, that come from? Uh, that came out of New York. Oh, I'm yeah. not 100% sure that, that got picked up at an auction <clears throat> that uh, Rollin Broadbeck had gone to. That was kind of included with a little quarter-scale case traction engine. And he brought that back to the farm, and I was talking to him one day. He says, well, I got this portable, and... He hadn't really done anything to it, and I took a look at it, and I looked at the boiler. I said, well, this would be a good stepping stone to get this done. Maybe I'll restore this and sell it and have the money to buy a traction engine. Well, <clears throat> went through and restored that. Man, That, like I said, that probably would have been better off being yard art, or I should have taken the boiler off and made it into a road locomotive or something, but I don't know. I... Uh, went through and dad and I and a couple other friends we totally redid everything on that thing and uh, made it into a really good running portable um, 
just something you, you don't see a, a ton or people don't bring to shows a ton is portable stuff, you know? No, I think I took that to NTA probably three or four years in a row. And yep. uh, on the sawmill, had it on the prony brake. It's the biggest pain in the ass with it is you got to find somebody with a crawler that's willing to help you get sure. into the belt. Yeah. 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 Once I got the, the baker, <laughs> the portable went in the corner of the barn and it really hasn't been out since. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, you just need to start taking out shows and you can belt it up with your baker, you know. <laughs> belt yeah. it up to the baker, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, we can get into that if you want to. <laughs> Uh, man, I don't, you've seen, there's, uh, there's some old pictures that kind of float around from time to time. And I don't know if it was at Montpelier or if it was at like, uh, the, the first couple of shows after they moved to Wasion or if, you know, where the pictures were, but, uh, like a, a 65 case belted up to a, a universal and a 65 case belted up to a man, a, a, a 19 port here on. And, you know, kind of like doing a draw bar to draw bar type mm -hmm. of a little pull thing and uh but two engines up to each other and man they used to do some pretty crazy stuff back in the day that would have been quite an event to watch yeah yeah i wonder oh, when uh, the last time that was done boy i don't know you would think you just end up with a pile of parts laying on the ground <laughs> <laughs> you would think oh well a baker with that smaller flywheel probably have a little bit of advantage over a lot of stuff Oh yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Well, it seems like I was reading a, a testimony one time at a like a state fair or something, and they had a Baker fan there, and you know, I think I I think it was uh, they had an Advance there with a forty inch flywheel, with whatever size it was, sixteen twenty or whatever it was, and uh, the the Baker sales rep was there, and. Uh, the advanced guy came up to the Baker sales rep and said, why can't I spin this faster or as fast as you? And the Baker sales rep says, you'd be a, you'd be a fool to, to think or, or place a bet on spinning that faster than any Baker steam engine with this 38 inch flywheel or, you know, whatever, it, whatever it was, it said, basically just saying that, you know, that 38 inch flywheel gives Baker a edge up in the belt um, mm -hmm. when it comes to powering auxiliary equipment but i thought i thought that was really interesting that you know there's actual testimonies out there that that talked about that and well we kind of see that stuff today because bakers have really 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 awesome belt power yeah yeah oh yeah yeah you can you know well it's just the they always output just a little bit more than a lot of stuff for no bigger than they are yeah they do they pack up they pack a punch yeah I remember the first well there in in Gary probably get mad at us, but there in 2020 when we had the Baker there at my place and on the dyno, and then he brought down his 20 horse Advance. He was pretty mad the old Baker was pulling more than that 20 horse Advance, which it should, you know, and all right or whatever. But you know, some of them Advance yeah. guys, you know, you just can't you just can't be around them, you know. Yeah, they're a rough crowd sometimes. A rough crowd. What's what's the what's the board stroke on the 21, Chris? Oh man, I knew you were asking that. Right. Nine what? and something by eleven or something. I man, I'm really drawing a blank. Matt could probably answer that better than anybody, better than me for sure. What's the oh, twenty-three, Matt? 
The 23, I think, is 10 by 10. 10 by 10. Maybe it's 9 and 3 eighths so, by 10 or something on a 21. I, 9 and 3 eighths, I don't know why, is, is popping in my head, but I don't remember. 10 by 10, so that'd be like the same as 60 cases 10 by 10, right? Yeah, pretty I sure. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because so. of 65 is 10 by 11. 10 by 11. Yeah. And a 75 is 11. 11 by 11, 11 by yeah. 11, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need like a fact checker, you know, in the background here to Google stuff like that. Get the catalogs out and, you know, be an assistance to us. <laughs> See what we got wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's that, you know, far superior valve gear that, uh, you know, outweighs it. Born strokes sometimes don't matter when you got the superior. Well, yeah. That's right. And, we won't, and what's even, the, we won't even talk about Wood Brothers. We won't bring that up today. I don't want to get into that. But uh, the old curve block, the old curve block. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? We were we were pulling yours or something, and who was saying oh, Wood Brothers won't make any power or whatever? Who was they were standing there saying that? Maybe they were saying it because they'd heard it somewhere else or whatever. But I thought it made pretty decent power for what. You know, whatever you had on 135 or something that day. There, when John was it. pulling on dyno, like last year or something or other. It, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. in the end it made like 105 horse or something or other. And yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who was saying. There's lots of people to say, well, they pull, uh, I mean, they're at Mount Pleasant. I mean, there's a vast majority of the remaining Wood Brothers engines there or whatever. And yeah. they pull those on the dyno there and and some you know I, I don't even know what they make there or anything else you know but my engine's always been a pretty decent running engine and uh never i mean it'd been on the dyno there old thrashers before i owned it i guess and and i'm trying to think i guess maybe it'd been on the pony break there at lathrop a time or two and like at the time uh, it'd pull the same as like a 20 horse universal on 150 or 175. It'd pull the same on 135, you know, well, it's a bigger board yeah. stroke. I mean, that's, that's <clears throat> nine by 11, right. On the universal. Yep. Yeah. Versus 10 by 11 and, and all right. You know, you put one on 175 and you put the other on 130, they should pull about the same. And, right. and basically engines, you know, one's a 20, one's a 22 or whatever, but, uh, yep. Yeah, it uh, it's always it's always pulled pretty good and makes good power and all that stuff. Hmm. The old, yeah, I don't see see Wood Brothers up in this neck of the woods. Yeah. Built in Des Moines, and it doesn't seem like they. You know, there was one out in California there at one time that sold it in an auction, and man, I don't know as farthest east I can think of. Well, there was There's one in here in Michigan, Illinois, but... Yeah, there was one in Michigan. It's in Iowa now. Yeah, I don't know of any farther east than that, I guess, really. I mean, most of them are kind of right around I take here, that back. Midwest. But there, there, There is one at uh, at Heston yet, which that's like Michigan, Indiana border. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Illinois, but, Indiana, that's about... And until the one left Michigan, I mean, that's kind of the farthest east that they ventured. Lot of yeah. them, lot of them here. Oh, well, a shit ton of them in Iowa, and then there was, you know, for a while there was one in Montana, but it's in Iowa now, and things like that, you know. But just kind of, well, when they only built five hundred, you know, less than six hundred engines or whatever, and and built, uh, you know, I don't know when they start. They bought out the DeJune Engine Company is how they got their start, 
but uh you know it's kind of got started in the later years building and stuff like that they just didn't venture very far yep yep uh i want to go go back to uh nta so uh wasian does a uh a pretty decent job and in the evening and for for engineers uh it's not always the most favorite thing or the most convenient thing because you're trying to get supper done and and kind of get cleaned up and settle down for the night or whatever but there's still pretty big crowd around so nta does a pretty good job doing some some entertainment for the folks that are coming in the gate yet and uh you know over the last maybe 10 years uh and it, and it came out of uh, Eastern Ohio folks, some of the, the Amish folks brought this this game over for the engineers to play, and I don't, Matt, you're gonna have to help me out here. I don't. Do they call it? Don't let the or uh, don't let the animals out of the gate, or don't let the something out of the out of the fence or something. But it's essentially, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was don't let the don't let the animals out of, or don't let don't let the cows out of the gate or something like that. Yeah, so it, the premise of the game there is, you know, you you're, you're, picture yourself in a farmyard and you've got your steam engine, you're doing work, and you're ready to, to get out of the farmyard and go park it up by the barn there or whatever. And, you know, you got all your livestock there and you don't want to get your engine out of the gate and then all your animals come, you know, following you out, out of the gate uh, and, and out of the fence there. So the premise of the game is is who can get through the gate the quickest and shut the gate. And then ultimately you're uh, the, the game, you're running the, the engine across the end of the line. Uh, but whereas, you know, in, in practice it would have been, you know, get, get your engine up to the barn there or whatever. So we make a little, little time trial out of the thing. Uh, and, and we normally run two engines against one another. Um, and uh, uh, instead of a gate, we use, uh, we just use a barrel and we, you know, we, uh, we move the barrel, uh, you know, side to side to, to mimic opening and shutting a gate. So anyways, you, you're, you start out, uh, not actually on your engine. You start on, um, you start at the gate and, uh, you actually physically run, which is a little challenge for a lot of us. You physically <laughs> run back to your, back to your engine and you jump on your engine and you put the thing in, in forward and you go, all the way up to to the gate. You run your engine up to the gate, which is I don't know what is it, maybe forty five, fifty feet or something like that, Matt. Yep, sounds about right. Not uh, not overly far there or whatever, but uh, you know, just to to mimic the the exercise. And once you get up to the barrel, you stop your engine, you get off, you run up to the barrel, and you quote unquote open the gate. And uh, so you grab the barrel and you slide the barrel out of the way. You then run to the back of your engine and get back on it and you run your engine kind of quote unquote through the gate or past the barrel. You then stop your engine, get off, grab the barrel and quote unquote shut the gate. So after you shut your gate, you get back on the engine there and, uh, you know, <laughs> you go ahead and go forward and go quote unquote park it up by the barn, which in, in this case is just running it across the line. Well, hopefully everybody could understand that a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, so we were playing that there and, you know, we do several rounds of it there or whatever. Uh, it was, it was me and Matt, uh, together. I had my, my, uh, 22 advance there and, uh, Matt had his, uh, his Baker there and we both, we started there on the, on the ground and we both ran back to our engines and, uh, we get to the gate and we get our engines through the gate and we shut the gate and, 
you know, after we had shut the gate, you know, I had just a, a little bit of a lead and I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. I can, I can coast right on into the, the finish line and I've, uh, I got Matt beat here. Well, I get on my engine and I'm, I'm going forward and open the throttle up and away we go and headed towards the, that finish line. And all of a sudden I look over and Matt had just got on his engine. He opened his throttle up and he's on this 23 Baker and that little Baker and when I say little, it's big, but, uh, that little Baker here, he comes thumping right along and that son of a gun passed me. I bet you he was doing 10 mile an hour on that Baker and he went right on by me. He's smiling. He's, he was waving at me and the crowd was <laughs> laughing and, and everybody's blowing their whistles, laughing. And here I am. I'm only going whatever, two and a half mile an hour. And that Baker's leaving a dust trail behind it. <laughs> Oh man, it was funny. That was that was a good time. The old dust pounding right behind him, I bet too. Yeah, it was funny. He looks over and he's just got a smile. And he waves at me. Uh, yeah. Oh man, no, that was a good time. I remember when uh, Stutzman's got us all gathered and they're telling us what we're going to be doing, and they said, uh, and they look at me and they said. Well, you're going to start over here, and you're going to run over to your engine. And I'm thinking, shit, my fat ass got to run over to my engine. <laughs> Can we change the rules I'm, just real fast? I'm going to lose this. <laughs> Luckily, I had that superior valve gear on my side. <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. He did. I, had a, I, I was on my engine and headed to the finish line before Matt was on his engine. And man, he beat me by like two or three engine lengths. Mm-hmm. I mean that ba- that Baker's got some speed behind it, baby. I don't know what the advertised hor- or uh, ground speed is on that thing, but yeah, they they truck right along. I I think advertised is like three and a half or something, maybe closer to four. Uh huh. Versus I think I'm doing a little. Yeah, versus the advance. I was say know, two and a half or something. Two and yeah. a quarter, maybe yeah, or something. Yeah. Well, well Matt, you, what, you know, yeah, Matt talking not, about plowing. Didn't either. I'm not going to be able to win any slow races with the engine, I'll tell you well, that. Well, yeah, there's that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You take what you can get, that's for sure. <clears throat> well, and what was the, or who was telling you, Matt, about uh, plowing with, with your baker there, uh, what you were oh. leaving behind the, in the plow field? Yeah, Sam Myrtle was saying after we got done plowing, he said, man, you had a rooster tail going behind that plow. Pulling <laughs> 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 yeah. the 10-bop uh, on there. Yeah. Just throwing the dirt right over the furrows, you know. They truck right along. I don't know, Jake, you've ran my Sawyer Massey, but I don't know that I've ever had, I'd like to put the two up against each other because, man, that Sawyer Massey is fast compared to a lot of engines. And I think it might even be faster than my Baker ground speed wise. I mean, it trucks right along. For Yeah, that's that's got some, some abnormal speed behind it too. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, just idling along, you're trucking along pretty good, you know. Like, if you want to take it slow up a hill, I mean, you're barking right along because it's it's pretty yeah. high geared. I don't I don't know why it's like that or if that was a, if that was designed that way or if it just kind of came out that way. I don't know, but it is fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> speaking now, we're talking about being fast. Matt, you're, you're pretty good with, uh, pretty good friends with the, the trouts there. 
and you know they've they've got they've got that uh that's a waterloo right and that's that's double gear yeah, 18 waterloo yep with a high and low speed yeah it seems like well i guess you probably tell the stories you got you guys take that around or like run it around in town pulling that wagon behind it and everything and that thing gets right oh, along yeah. Yeah, we got a Waterloo party wagon there, and when you put that <laughs> thing in a here, uh, you make about six and a half mile an hour. And uh, <clears throat> I go down there only about ten minutes to the south of me here, and uh, we go down there maybe once a month. We'll have a steam up, and we'll go for a night cruise, and it's nothing to go out two, three, four miles go for a cruise. Of course, we've got. Uh, water tank built underneath the party wagon so we've got an endless supply of water usually sure. what uh, determines how far we're going to go is how much wood and coal we got on board yeah but yeah that, that, that <laughs> i remember what we we were doing the reverse figure eight races at nta and uh, uh they put that water he smoked everybody yeah what did you just say six and a half mile an hour Man. That is wild. In the old high I guess, gear. I guess back then, I I mean, pulling a thrashing machine, time is money, but man, can you imagine pulling a thrashing machine at six miles? You imagine an hour? shaking a wooden thrashing machine at like six and a half oh, mile an man. hour down the roads back then, you know? Hmm. And I guess well, it, it would it. Is it pretty quiet when it's running six and a half mile an hour? Like, do the gears make a whole bunch of noise or anything? Uh, it's not terrible, really. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's not terrible at all. I mean, it is a heck of a lot quieter in low gear. Sure. But sure, yeah. <clears throat> I do have a, I do have a funny story that uh, we were out running. I think it was last year. We're running around the marina, or uh, just south of the marina there, through the neighborhoods, and going down the road. And I'm there, but I don't know if Wade saw it or not. He was running. We were all riding in the wagon, and there was a dead possum in the road, and he hit that dead possum with the right rear tire on that Waterloo steam tractor, and it popped, and it made the loudest oh. bang. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and the most horrible smell ever, but that I mean I guess you'd have to be there, but man, that was it was like somebody fired a gun, the pot the pot was so loud when that thing oh, blew up. Man. Oh my god, that sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the physical image of that is enough for me. <laughs> oh man. Oh. oh that's horrendous. Bet the, bet you're swerving them from here on out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, it's it's funny to hear about. You know, everybody has their things that they do and all that kind of stuff, and going out cruising like that—that's that'd be a lot of fun. I know uh, Jake and them—they cruise around quite a bit. Well, it's so hilly around here, and like uh, we just don't have a ton of rent room, like especially at my dad's place, to just go driving around and stuff like that. You know, but I always enjoy that when i go to jake's is nice big flat field go out running around and all that kind of stuff and then hearing you guys driving around uh, you know on the roads and all that kind of stuff that sounds like a lot of fun we uh oh it's a blast we had a steam up 
oh, two or three years ago over to my dad's place. We got the baker out and had the case sitting out, and I had uh, the trouts bring the Waterloo and the party wagon over. And it was it was a middle of August. It was about 98 degrees with 100% humidity. We had crony brakes set up. We had uh, a fan, and it was and we had just a barn full of people and food, and nobody felt like doing anything. It was too damn hot. <laughs> well, when it cooled off in the evening, everybody wanted to go for a cruise. I said, well, the last thing we're going to do, we're going to go into town, and we're going to go to the ice cream park. We piled everybody on the Waterloo party wagon, and we went two miles into town, pulled up in front of the ice cream parlor about 15 minutes before they closed, and uh, <laughs> you could have seen them people in the ice cream parlor watch us come pulling in. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Highway, they're pulling in, laying on the whistle, pulling into the lot. Had to make sure they heard yeah. you coming so they didn't close up there. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen people come piling off the party wagon. We go, we go get ice cream, and then we. It was by the time we left there, it was pitch black. We drove back two miles back to my dad's place, and that was the evening. <laughs> Chris, I have you seen this party wagon? You, seen you know, I do think I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. They they went to they went to some pretty pretty extreme extent there to make it a really practical thing to to pull around. It's a it's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be a lot yeah, of fun. It's all decked out with lights. It's got under lights side lights up in the canopy. Um. The only thing it doesn't have is a stereo system. <laughs> Got the stack noise music going there. Yeah, that's something, Jake, every time we... My house is a mile from the shop down there, and our get-together is always at the shop. And Jake's always talking about, you know, running an engine from the from the shop down here to my house, and which is no big deal. It's a gravel road halfway, but then there's asphalt the other halfway, so that narrows the playing field a little bit for which engine we can bring down here. But I don't really know why we didn't do it last year. It kind of got cold there one night or whatever with the road roller, you know, but that'd be perfect for running down here on. But Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and last year we had kind of planned on having dinner down here in my new barn, and the new barn wasn't done yet, but this year it's game on. So I, I think if any year it's going to happen this year, we're going to have to road an engine down here to my place. Uh, we talk about it every year, and it never happens. But Well, you just never execute. What? I'm going to blame it on you. <laughs> yeah, or it's... Game on, game on, <laughs> game on. <laughs> Matt's gonna, Matt's gonna have to come and show us how it's done. Yeah, we could probably work that out. There you go. Late late October in Missouri, and yep. it's it's hit or miss. It's either gonna be snowing or it's gonna be like eighty, like it was this year. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's ever been a year that it's been like sixty-five and sunny. It's kind of one extreme or the other one or the other yeah i don't know why yeah. it's like that but it is yeah hell you had snow on that like that sunday or monday a yeah. couple years ago couple afterwards years ago. or whatever yep yep nice little blanket of snow there and all that stuff and this year it was warm i mean hell it was really warm it was 70 uh, upper 70s or whatever it was this year you know yeah and the weekend before that, it was freezing. You know, we had yeah. uh, Lathrop, Missouri show the weekend before that, and it was, you know, 30, 32 or something like that. And then the following weekend, 80 degrees. That's just good old Missouri for you right there. Yeah, sounds about like Michigan. Well, Matt, we uh, we enjoy it, and uh, we thank you for, for joining us on here, and I hope you had a 
a good visit with us. It uh, be good to catch up with you again this summer sometime and uh, and uh, see your baker thumping somewhere. Well, definitely. Oh, this was great, and uh, I really do appreciate you guys doing this. This uh, there's been a lot of long days on the road, um, heading out to do boiler uh, inspections, and this you guys get me down the road quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, I think you were kind of one of the first people that had gave us some feedback of listening to it and all that, and that was always great in the beginning. And it's still great because people still, you know, send us a text here and there and stuff like that. But uh, the your reaction about almost swerving off the road laughing at one of Dylan's episodes there or something <laughs> and how it wrote, you know, <laughs> still gets oh, yeah, me. Man. That, uh, that was about we're all in the hot tub at NTA when the monster came. Yeah. We all got out oh, of the hot tub. Yeah. That dirty, nasty, murky water. <laughs> the oh. hotel probably second-guessed about ever booking again during the show. I'm sure oh, they that- did. I think I think it's sold now to somebody else, so they'd never... I think they might have lost the experience. <laughs> I, I had forgotten until uh, just recently that there was even a couple of people that had jumped out of the hot tub, ran outside... And like rain and slid through the glass, the grass and the dirt and the mud, like a slide. And then they ran right back in, jumped right back, jumped right back in the hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! As high as the water was there in the bowl there at NTA, I'm surprised nobody was swimming in that. Man, that was just yeah, it was wild. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right as that monsoon was hitting, I think that was. They told us that that day we were going to have the, the picture because that was the baker feature. We are going to line up all the bakers. So, you know, I spent two days thumping my engine and I burned all the paint off my smoke box. So I was out <laughs> there with my uh, girlfriend at the time holding an umbrella over me, putting the letters back on my smoke box. And uh, that guy just kind of opened up and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, more memories to be made, so. Indeed. Well, Matt, we appreciate it, and uh, hope you keep enjoying the episodes, and everybody out there, keep listening, and uh, we'll keep them coming to you. We thank you, and go from there. All right. You guys have a good one now. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks, Matt.